0: The Supernova, Episode 3, Road to Home Ownership. Peace, family. It's your girl, Bakia, coming to you live again with another episode. And today, we're going to talk about how I bought my first house. Um, I'm super excited. I have just over a month until I move. Um, so I want to talk to you guys about the process on how to become a homeowner. Um, this is a very, very new thing for me. I'm the first, um, and I just learned this from my mother the other day, but I'm the first of my family to purchase a home. Um, my, I think on my mother's side, my great grandmother owned the house that my grandparents lived in, um, And I don't think my grandmother from my father owned her house. I could be wrong. But even out of my siblings and out of my immediate family, I'm the first person to own a house. Um, And I'm super excited about that. So I want to show you, I want to share with you the steps that I took in order to get to the place that I'm at now. Um, So for starters, I will say I didn't want a house. I was very much, um, I, I will say against it because of the uh, dynamics that I had growing up with my um, housing insecurity and with being a foster child, I was always moved around so much that like the thought of owning a home was never really on my radar. Um, And then when I got, I guess, into my later teens and my early twenties, I was so much of a free spirit that I couldn't fathom, I couldn't fathom staying in one place for X amount of years because I've already moved so many times. Um, but I will say since I turned 25, when I have my twins, um, becoming a first time mother, that's when I decided, you know, maybe I will try to get a house one day. But honestly, even at that point, um, after the twins were born, I didn't think that that would be a possibility until I was like in my thirties or even in my forties. Um, but in the last few months, um, I started thinking like, let me just try and see if I qualify for a house. Um, so what I had to do is I had to go to um, my bank TD, talk to a mortgage broker and kind of go through the paperwork. And let me tell you, they ask you like so many questions about your your spending habits, your expenses, um, your debt, your income, you need to get employment letters, all these many things just to um, Get a pre-approval for a mortgage so i went through all that process and even at this time i didn't really want to get too um, invested in the process because i'm like i don't even know if i qualify but let me just see so i went through the paperwork spoke to my mortgage broker and it turns out i did qualify um thankfully i've built my credit over the years to a place where um, i could qualify for a mortgage Credit is important. Um, What I learned through this process is that credit is important, but it's not to say you can't get a house if you have bad credit, but they're going to fucking sting you with the interest rate. (laughs) So if you can build your credit to a place where it's good, you can qualify for a mortgage with a very decent um, interest rate. And it turns out that I qualify for a $250,000 mortgage. And I learned very quickly that that's not a lot of money, even though it sounds like it. Um, but I did have quite a few options. So uh, once I got the pre-approval, my mortgage broker encouraged me to uh, get a realtor to assist with the process of finding a home. Um, and then once I found the one, or once I got an accepted offer, you know, we would go from there and go on to the full application of the mortgage. So. Lucky for me, I do know a realtor, um, and I'm very proud to support um, another female, sorry, I shouldn't say female, but another woman entrepreneur, specifically a black woman. Um, So shout out to my realtor, Allie White. My girl came through in the house hunting, and I had so much fun um, going around the city. My next home girl came with me too, so we got to look at a lot of houses. Um, It was just a really fun but frustrating process, I'm not going to lie, because There was a few houses that I'm like, I was so sure. I'm like, this is the one, this is the one. And then I put in an offer and the other offer that got accepted would just blow mine out the water. Like my price that I put in wasn't even close. Um, So I had a conversation with my realtor about that. And I'm like, listen, Allie, like (laughs) this is getting kind of discouraging. Like maybe I should wait and, you know, try it another time. Um, It was a very interesting time to purchase a excuse me, purchase a home because of obviously the COVID stuff. Um, The market was very, very difficult (laughs) to get through. But I spoke to Ali and I'm like, I don't really, I think I should hold back. You know, I don't really want to keep looking. She kept encouraging me, like, don't worry, you're going to find the house. You're going to find the house. Um, And then there was this one property that I was like, I felt it. I, I thought I felt that this was the one. It was beautiful, it was three bedrooms, just basically everything that I was looking for. Um, And then I put in my offer and I didn't get it. (laughs) So uh, I guess I should talk, some of my criteria was I needed a minimum of three bedrooms. Um, Of course, my budget was 250K. Um, There are certain areas that I wanted to be in. SACFA was my number one choice. just because of its proximity to Halifax and Dartmouth, I felt like it was a kind of a sweet spot because the twins go to daycare in Halifax. I was working in Dartmouth. Um, I definitely wanted a backyard. I wanted the twins to be able to, you know, have a backyard and grow up and have backyard parties and have their friends over and whatever. Um, I really wanted a basement uh, just to have like a rec room type of area, but I was okay. There was a couple of properties that didn't have one or the other thing of my criteria. And I'm like, you know what? This is okay. So yeah, I put my, my offering on that house, didn't get it. And then on the final day, we went to this property and it wasn't even like I had this feeling of this is the one, but we went to two properties that day. And one of them, I'm like, you know, what? I'll put an offer in on this house. If I don't get it, I'll put an offer on this house. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. Because after I was crushed of my first offer not being accepted and wanting to give up, I kind of learned that like you should not get invested in a property until you have an accepted offer. And even then you should wait until all the paperwork goes through because you just never know. Um, so finally... We put the offer in on this house and I went way over asking price because I knew that, um, you know, you have to basically go over asking with certain, um, with certain properties, but specifically for the time that I was uh, searching for a house because there wasn't that many options. So I went way over asking, but I was certain that, like, if I didn't get this one, maybe the next one I'll get. Um, so, yeah, Ali told me, like, OK, we have to put our offer in. Uh, the offer closes. So once the buyers, the potential buyers put their offers in, they have to tell a certain cutoff time to tell you if you got the offer, if they're accepting your offer or not. Um, so I'm there and I remember that day and I'm waiting and waiting. And then finally, Allie calls me and I'm like, OK, usually she'll be like, text me, unfortunately, whatever. So the fact that she called, I'm like, all right, this is a good time. So Allie calls and she's like, I have some good news and some bad news. And I'm like, no, I just kept thinking like, man, I didn't get it. Like, don't tell me I didn't get it because I knew I'd be discouraged. Even though I was sure that I would get one eventually, I knew I would be discouraged too. So she's like, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Um, She's like, the good news is they accepted your offer. The bad news is instead of a $1,000 deposit. So basically you have to put a deposit kind of to show you're serious about investing in the property. Um, and typically that's around $1,000. But for whatever reason, they wanted a deposit of $2,500. But lucky for me, I'd been saving for the last year um, for this big purchase. And I was like, oh, that's no problem. Like I'll put 2500 down, you know, as a deposit and so they accepted my offer and from there i had to submit um, a bunch of paperwork to my bank td to my mortgage broker um, and get a full approval now i thought that when you had the pre-approval the rest of it was just like you know some administration stuff and then i'll be fine and boom it's my house but no they put the pre-approval through to the full application my application goes in It comes back. It was denied. So (laughs) what I thought was my house was actually not my house in that moment because my mortgage didn't go through. So they were not willing to finance um, the purchase of the home. What they said was the issue was basically something about my student loan. Like even though I'm not, I don't have to make payments on my student loan yet, on their end, it was showing that I did have to. I don't know what kind of clerical error that was or whatever, but TD was like, nah, like we're not giving you the money. So I'm sitting there and I prayed about it. And I'm like, listen, God, you know, if you could work your magic, I would be more than happy to accept this house. If I don't get this house, I'm going to be disappointed, but I understand. And I just kept that mentality of like, what's for me will not miss me. If this is my house, something will happen and I'll be able to get the house. So my mortgage broker, he's like, I'm going to call my guy, which felt very like, you know, suspenseful. He's like, I'm going to call my guy and see if he can get you an approval through, um, you know, his firm or whatever, his team. So I'm like, okay. Even at that point, I was like, okay, he's going to send my application over to the new guy. And then the new guy's going to try to make something happen. But to add extra pressure, we had basically a day and a half, I think. Because there's a deadline on when you can get all this paperwork done before they're like, okay, we're going to go to the next offer. So say it was Wednesday evening that they said TD has declined my application. Now he contacts the other mortgage guy. The mortgage guy's like, I can't make any promises, but I will try my best. He even took some time to get back to me. So I was really convinced that I was not going to get the house. Um, so I had to resubmit all of that paperwork talking about pay stubs and employment letters and child tax and all these different things to prove that I had the ability, excuse me, I had the ability financially to invest in this house. Um, So in the course of that, I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear back from him. And then every time he emailed me, I'm thinking like, okay, is it a yes? Is it a a no? But no, it's like, all right, you need to put this paper. You need to submit this paper. Send me this. Send me that. And I'm like, oh, man, it was so frustrating. Honestly, it was just like, okay, I have to jump through hoops. And there was a part in that situation where I was starting to feel a little bit of pity for myself because I'm like, why do I always have to jump through these hoops for something that I want? You know, it was very difficult (laughs) to just like calm my brain and go through the motions of jumping through the hoops that they wanted me to jump through. But all the paperwork was submitted within 24 hours. And this is the most special part about the process of the paperwork is that typically it takes like three to five business days. But my second mortgage broker, he got it done for me in 24 hours. So imagine the fucking anxiety that I felt waiting for this man to say if I got approved for the application or not. The next day, he sent me an email and he called me and he's like, congratulations, you got approved for the mortgage. And I was, yo, all I could do was say like, praise God, like I was so grateful. I was so grateful that I kept a, you know, I kept a clear head and I didn't allow my disappointment or, um, you know, my self-doubt to overcome overtake what I was thinking, like, and I knew I was going to get a house. I just didn't know if it was going to be that one. Um, so he's like, congratulations, you're approved. Um, and then we had to get started on the rest of the paperwork. I had to hire a lawyer. Um, what else did I have to do? My realtor hooked me up with a lawyer, which again, makes the process easier. If you're searching for a home and you have access to a realtor, it might take a couple to get that one that fits with you. And that kid help you find what you're looking for and help your vision come to life. But my girl Allie hooked me up and I'm so grateful to have been able to work with another woman, especially um, for her to get a commission, for me to get a house. Like it was kind of just a win-win situation. So she hooked me up with the lawyer um, and there's some paperwork that had to be uh, submitted on that end. But yeah, so I finally, finally bought a house. I'm 28 years old and I guess the most important part of being a homeowner, and we didn't even move in yet, but I'm already elated to be a homeowner. Um, We move in November 30th. We take possession. But the most important part for me is that I essentially single handedly got me and my children out the hood. (laughs) For those of you that don't know, like I don't really share my address or my location, um, you know, for safety reasons for my family, but I still live in the hood. And the majority of my life I've lived in the hood. I've lived in public housing, whether it was an apartment or a townhouse or whatever. But I feel very, very grateful to be able to get my children out of this situation because not to say nothing can happen in other neighborhoods, but there's things that I've witnessed in the hood that I never, ever, ever want my children to witness. And not only that, like, of course, I want them to grow in a, a, um, you know, a safe environment, but also for generational wealth. Now that I'm investing in this home, by the time my children get older, you know, and once I pass away, now I have something to leave for them. And God willing, something to leave for their children. And whether they decide to keep the house in the family or not, or to sell it and buy new property somewhere else or new land somewhere else, I feel good knowing that I got my children out the hood and I have something now that I can give to them. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited to share that with y'all. And maybe when I move into my house and I get everything set up, I'll give you guys a tour of my house. But yeah, I'm Bakia and I'm a new homeowner. And that's my journey. That's my road to home <laughs>